Welcome everybody to the podcast today for October 17, 2016. The latest Dan Brown adaptation starring Tom Hanks, Inferno, was released this week. Which is one of the, the usual history-driven, lots of stuff going wrong, world is ending. Only cryptologist Robert Langdon can solve all the world's problems because apparently this is the third time the world has come to near collapse and only he can solve the problems because like Tom Hanks is pretty cool, you know? talked about that in the Sully review that, you know, Tom Hanks is pretty cool, so he can save the world. This time, his, his pals in, in this adventure to stop the a virus from being unleashed upon the world that will kill millions of people, apparently, or whatever. They don't actually explain what the virus is in this film. I've read this book. I've read the Dan Brown book. It's not a great book either. So realistically, odds of a, a mediocre book being turned into a good film were probably quite low. But they don't, they don't really go into what the virus actually plans to do, just that it'll kill people. Brr. Which does undermine the stakes. It's just like, it's a virus. It's terrible. But joining Tom Hanks on this adventure this time is Felicity Jones, who if you listen to the latest episode of The Weekend Show, Ken irrationally dislikes. Omar Sy, Ben Foster, and people whose names I will not even try to pronounce. Um, It's okay. It's fine. It's not great. If you've seen one of these films, you've kind of seen them all. Dan Brown books, as a general rule, hang on how compelling their central mystery is. Like, this film is a thriller. It's a competent thriller. It's a fairly mediocre mystery. Frankly, because there's not really a mystery there. All the pieces are put on the table right in front of you for pretty much most of the film. There's very, very little that you're, that's kind of left to you to interpret or you to try and work out. It's all the, like, this is what's happening. Which, for a mystery film, that, that's not all that compelling. That's not all that kind of interesting because you want to solve the mystery and feel really smart before the film solves the mystery for you. Then you get to pat yourself on the back going, good job, me. Or, on the other hand, you don't solve it and it's all very surprising and, and brilliant and, and really, really good because the mystery confounded you and you're like, oh, so that's how they did it. Neither of those happen here. You solve the mystery pretty much as the characters do. It's like, here's the thing, solved. Here's the thing, solved. Nothing is really left to be solved like in the... There was my plan all along kind of sequence at the end, which I like those. I like the idea that they left the clues throughout the film for you to work out by yourself, and then they'll tie it all together for people who don't work it out at the end. That's that's a simple structure, but it works. Whereas for, in this, it's more like, here's what's happening, here's what's happening, here's what's happening. And then there's a little kind of action sequence at the end, as opposed to a, a tying everything in a neat kind of knot so that you know everything that's happening. But yeah, Tom Hanks is, is brilliant and everything, but it, he's really not asked for of much to do here. He, he's there, he's doing Tom Hanks things, but he, he, they don't really ask much of him in this film. They ask him to say some words and do some running. That's basically all Tom Hanks is asked to do. It is directed by Ron Howard, so you know, it's, it's not gonna be a bad made film. It's, it's never gonna be a badly made film. But, eh, when I read this book, I was like, Dan Brown is really writing this for the film, isn't he? It's basically a screenplay. And the, the the film does deviate from the book in terms of the ending, and I will get into spoilers from here, like full spoilers, so so bow out. As I said, the film is basically about the idea that the, the world is overpopulating itself, or so the central villain wants to kill off a bunch of people so that overpopulation doesn't actually cause a great deal of problems. Now, people have been predicting problems due to overpopulation since, give or take, the 1800s. This is not a new thing. Malthus started doing this back in the day. He was very wrong. In fairness, his theory was that eventually population growth will outstrip agricultural growth and people starve to death. That was basically Malthus's thesis. There's even a word for it. It's the Malthus catastrophe or Malthusian catastrophe that, that we will no longer have enough food to feed enough people and people will die. 
that, that was his idea. He, he was quite wrong, as you can tell. The population has grown fairly considerably since the 1800s and will continue to grow until I think it reaches a steady state of around 9 billion in the next 20 or 30 years. That is the way population growth will work. People think it will steadily go up. It might, in fact, start going down as populations grow older and people have less children, but that remains to be seen. What Maldas failed to account for was innovation. Better methods of producing crops, better crops, better methods of fertilizing crops, and all that stuff that makes food cheaper and, and more plentiful to produce. Also, just the, the sheer fact that innovation generally increases with the population as the size of the population goes up, just the sheer chance, like by random chance, of, of people innovating increases just by there being more people. If you have a billion people on the planet versus six billion, six billion are more likely to come to a, a great innovation than a billionaire, just by sheer luck. So we have that on our side. And we might reach someday where, where we can't feed people, but I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. We're still producing more food than we're able to eat, which is... The, the great irony when you see hunger in the world. We produce more than enough food to feed everyone on the planet, it's just not everyone can access it. But anyway, that's to undercut the central premise of this film that overpopulation will kill us all. It might, but it won't anytime soon. But yeah, that's the, that's the the central crux. And in the books, the idea is the, fi the virus is actually explained to be a, a sort of fertility control, you know, they make a, a certain percentage of the population infertile, so they cannot have children, so that kills them off in a way that is dignified and not violent, and they can't reproduce. So that culls the population in a way that doesn't actually murder anybody, which that was the ending of the book. Like literally the virus got out. I give you a spoiler warning, you can't be mad. The virus got out and that was it. That was the end. Whereas in the film, it's just they stopped the virus. Never explained what the virus really was, and then they just kind of stopped it. And that was it. It wasn't really that satisfying an ending. In fairness, it wasn't a satisfying ending in the book either, because the book just wasn't very good. Yeah, it's a functional film. It is well made. Ron Howard wouldn't make a bad film. It's If you've seen Angels and Demons, if you've seen The Da Vinci Code, just like if you've read Digital Fortress or Deception Point or The Lost Symbol, if you've read any of the other Dan Brown books, you really don't need to read this book, unless you just want a lot of Venice and Florence history, which, fair enough because these books are always very dense with random historical and, and artifacts. They're basically an art history class wrapped around a mystery thriller, which I suppose is an interesting approach to take. It certainly made a, a deep splash in the world with The Da Vinci Code, which is a film that made a lot of money, and a book which equally made a lot of money. I do always like, though, that one of the criticisms of The Da Vinci Code was that they, oh, they fabricated history. It's fiction! Of course they did! God damn it. I hate, I hate when people criticize fiction that it's not true to fact. It's fiction! Of course it didn't. Just that it, it leans on ideas in the real world and things in the real world doesn't mean it's any less fiction. Gah! It's another rant for another day. But yeah, Inferno. It's it's okay. If you've seen any of the other, like, Tom Hanks, Ron Howard, Langdon films, you, you don't need to see this one, really. You can listen to new episodes of podcasts a day every single day at soundcloud.com forward slash TWSKK. You can subscribe on iTunes by searching for the TWS Network. Also subscribe on YouTube. Follow me on Twitter at Garrett Kidney, G-A-O-R-E-T-T-K-I-D-N-E-Y. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye.